Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Praise God. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 3. How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto uh, his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ to the intent that now under the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. I want to preach on the subject, the great mystery revealed. The great mystery revealed. You know, the Bible, for the most part, is a Jewish book. It was written to the Jews and for the Jews. And which, you know, they have been God's people for centuries and millennia ever since God called Abraham out to be the father of the chosen people of God. The Ten Commandments were the foundation by which the law of Moses was established and were given specifically to his chosen people of Israel. This was still the case in the beginning of the New Testament. Amen. During the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. John the Baptist, who prepared the way for Jesus, was Jewish. Jesus, on his mother's side, was Jewish. He was born in Bethlehem. He was raised in Nazareth. He engaged in an extensive ministry throughout Galilee and Judea. He came to Jerusalem at the end of his ministry and was crucified just outside the city limits on Mount Calvary. He only left the borders of the nation of Israel two times during his entire three and a half year ministry when he went to Samaria one time and to Syrophoenicia. And when a non-Jewish lady came to him to help with her daughter who was demon possessed, he said to her, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. All 12 apostles that Jesus handpicked were Jewish. All 3,000 people that came to God on that first day when the church was born in Acts chapter 2 were Jewish. And in fact, in the early days of the church, only Jews had been saved, making many, including the apostles, believe early on that this church was only going to be a Jewish church. However, our text passage mentions three times about a mystery that was not made known in times past to the sons of men. Romans chapter 16 verse 25 said, Now in him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and to the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. Amen. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 7 but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, 
they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Amen. It was hidden. It was a mystery. Amen. The mystery was there in the Old Testament the entire time, but was hidden. Amen. And this mystery, believe it or not, actually began in the book of Genesis chapter 2 with Adam and Eve, the very first two people. Genesis 2 verse 21 and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. We've heard that many times. Amen. We heard it last week. We heard that scripture many times at weddings and different things. But notice, when God created the woman, He specifically took her from a bone from Adam's side. Amen. Not from His head. So, really, she's not supposed to be bossing Him around all the time. She didn't take him from the head. Amen. Praise God. And, she, and God did not take uh, that bone from Adam's feet so that Adam would just use her as a floor mat and, you know, just abuse her and, you know, just uh, whatever, just boss her around and whatever. He specifically, remember, nothing is accidental in the Bible. He took her out of the side. Amen. Praise God. And this is very significant because, because they were to be side by side working together in agreement and in a covenant with one another. God created them to be a complete unit. Where he was lacking, she made up the difference. Where she was lacking, he made up the difference. Together, they made a great team. Amen. A great partnership. Amen. And a great family. Praise God. Now, 1 Corinthians, the Bible says that Jesus was referred to as the last Adam. The first Adam was Adam, of course. But Jesus was interestingly referred to as the last Adam. And when Jesus died on the cross, the Roman soldier did not pierce his head, did not pierce his feet, pierced his side, amen, with a spear, and out of his side flowed blood and water. Eve was born from a rib from the first Adam's side. And the church was born from the blood and water that flowed from the last Adam's side. Amen. Praise God. So though the church started as out as a Jewish church, it did not stay, amen, that way very long. Because the Jews, for the most part, they're the ones that really encouraged his crucifixion. They're the ones that really, you know, moved Pilate to, to go through with it. Amen. And for the most part, they did not believe as a whole in Jesus or what he accomplished on the cross for the whole world. Amen. And this is reflected in John chapter 1, verse 11. He came unto his own, the Jews, but his own, the Jews, received 
received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, and not of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Amen. That's us, folks. That's the non-Jewish folks, folks. Amen. Praise God. As many as received him. It wasn't long before the Samaritans, which were Jewish people that had intermarried with other nations, and so they were they were called you know half they were half Jews and half uh, you know half uh, Gentiles or non-Jewish people, Amen. But it wasn't long before the Samaritans believed and were joined into this wonderful church. Praise God! And then people with no Jewish blood or heritage at all, that which were referred to in the Bible as the Gentiles, they believed and they became part of God's church, starting with Acts chapter ten. Amen. And then Apostle Paul. He, he, he kept trying to reach the Jews because he knew that God came to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He knew that Jesus was sent to the nation of Israel first and foremost. And so he did his best when he went all over the place where Jews were to reach out to them and to tell them about Jesus and tell them about this wonderful gospel message. But, you know, the Bible said in Acts chapter 13, verse 45, when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and began to contradict what was spoken by Paul, reviling him. And Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, saying, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken first to you, since you thrust it aside and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life. Behold, we are turning to the Gentiles." For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. This mystery, amen, which was revealed, praise God, was that God, who, who, who had a chosen people that were the Jews, and came to them first, amen, that because they rejected him, it was a plus for everybody else, because then we got to be grafted in, we got to be part of this wonderful church, this glorious church, hallelujah, that's the mystery, amen, that we get everything that, they, that God promised to Abraham. He made you a light to the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the end of the earth. They shall declare, and so the Old Testament, they shall declare my glory to the Gentiles and among the Gentiles. My name shall be great among the Gentiles and in his name shall the Gentiles trust. Oh, that's what we got here today, folks. We are a bunch of Gentiles thanking God that we're part of this wonderful church. And it's not a mystery anymore. It's revealed and we're, we're a part of it, praise God. Amen. Soon the church overwhelmingly became a Gentile church and remains that way to this day. The mystery of a Gentile church was in, old, the, it was in the Old Testament the whole time, but nobody really saw it. Because it was hidden in types and shadows. It was hidden in symbolism. 
Amen. It was hidden in actual relationships that were between men and women, praise God. But it was, the, it was hiding in plain sight all the time. You see, the Bible calls Jesus the bridegroom, and he calls his church the bride. John 3, 29, it's the bridegroom who marries the bride, and the best man is simply glad to stand with him and hear his vows. Therefore, I am filled with joy at his success. That was John the Baptist. He considered himself the best man, and he was bringing the people to Jesus, praise God, who was the bridegroom. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul said, For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Amen. That's what it's all about, folks. We're part of a glorious church, a church that is nationwide, a church that is worldwide. Amen. Rahab, who was a Gentile woman of Jericho, she became a Gentile bride of a Jewish man named Solomon. And they had a son named Boaz. And later on, a lady named Ruth, who was a Gentile woman of Moab, became the Gentile bride of that said young man Boaz that we just read about. And they had a son named Obed, who had a son named Jesse, who had a son named David. Amen. And Jesus is the, amen, the root and the offspring of David. Praise God. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. There's two examples of a Jewish man in a Gentile bride. Don't, don't tell me God didn't have it all, you know, a lot of clues in the Old Testament. Praise God. These two examples show strong symbolism. Amen. Of Christ and his church. Apostle Paul, he unfolds this great mystery in Ephesians chapter 5. You think he's talking about marriage. You think he's talking about husbands and wives. But he's really, amen, tying it all together. And he's talking about that mystery of Christ and the church. And Ephesians 20, uh, 5.25, husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, even as the Lord, the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. It kind of sounds like that whole marriage contract. Praise God. Hallelujah. Verse 31. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Amen. Praise God. God created marriage. God ordained it. God blesses it. Amen. And it is more than just one of the greatest things on planet earth for two people to enter into. Amen. It is one of the, it's the greatest symbolism. It's the greatest, amen, thing that shows us about the church. Praise God. the most powerful human example of Christ and his church. Hundreds of years before the church even came into existence, 
The prophet Isaiah said an amazing thing in chapter 65, verse 1. I was sought by those who did not ask for me. I was found by those who do not seek, did not seek me. I said, here I am. Amen. Here I am. I have stretched out my hands all day long to a rebellious people who walk in a way that is not good according to their own thoughts. A people who provoke me to anger and continually to my face. That was talking about the Jews. And so finally God said, you know what? I'm turning to the Gentiles. I'm going to see if they want me. I want to see if they love me. I want to see if they want to be saved. I want to see if they'll praise me. I want to see if they'll lift my name up. Praise God. And they, he found a lot of people. He found a lot of people among the Gentiles. Colossians 1.26, even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known unto us what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. Hallelujah. The mystery is Christ in you. It's the church. The church is not just a building. It's not an organization. It's an organism. It's not just one group of people in one isolated place. It's, a, it's a millions, uh, tens of millions of people all over the world. Amen. Hundreds of millions. I can't even know. Who knows how many have believed in Jesus. Amen. And have obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ. They are all part of this bride. They're all part of this body. They're all part of this church. Amen. And when we get Christ in us, it's the hope of glory. And that's the great mystery among the Gentiles. This great mystery is that even after we read about all that God did for the Jews in the Bible, they still rejected Him and His plan to save them and bring them into a better and more enduring covenant with Him. And that's why Apostle Paul boldly proclaimed in Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So he said, see, this gospel of Jesus Christ, it was supposed to be to the Jew first. And they gave it their best shot, those apostles in the early church. But they finally said, you know what? We're going to welcome all the Jews that want to come in. And many did. But we're not going to restrict this to only Jewish people. God said, I want to be a, you to be a light to the Gentiles. I want you to reach out to every nation across the earth. Praise God. Amen. So yes, to the Jew first, but also to the Greek which is another way of saying to everybody else. Amen. And then we read in the book of Revelation in 21.2, it says, I, I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And in verse 9 said, Then one of the seven angels who, who came with the seven bowls of the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her light was like most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Amen. So the bride is not just a few people. 
There's so many people in the bride because, you know, 2,000 years this bride has been coming around. 2,000 years is when, after Jesus died and rose again, and we don't know when this is going to end up. So everybody that was saved 2,000 in that last 2,000 years, everybody that's being saved right now and tomorrow and next week, and, and, when, and as long as the Lord allows this church to be on the earth, praise God, that is the bride. That's a very big bride. Not in offensive terms, you know what I mean. Amen. Because we have a very big God. Amen. Amen. Heaven's his throne and earth's his footstool. So this bride, he, he, he talked about the bride. It's a new Jerusalem, a city, a huge city, amen, comprised of all of these souls, all these people that are saved, amen, the redeemed of the Lord coming down out of heaven indescribable beautiful describing it with with gold and silver and precious stones trying to describe how beautiful and how awesome this bride is amen 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 so we in this church we are one part of this big church big bride we're one part of this mystery among the Gentiles. Amen. Praise God. And I want to encourage each and every one of you to be a part of this bride. If you're not a part of this bride yet, to be a part of this bride. Amen. And, and to be a part of this bride, you got to be born again. you got to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. Repent and be baptized, filled with the Spirit. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. Whosoever will, he said, whosoever will. Amen. Revelation 22, 17. And the Spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. There's no cost. We don't charge for salvation. It's whosoever will. It's free. He made it free. Amen. So we need to be a part of this bride if we're going to be part of that new Jerusalem. We're going to be part of the, the, the group that gets out of here someday. Whosoever will, which means anybody and everybody, are a welcome to be a part of this glorious bride, this church, this body of Christ. Amen. Revelation 19, verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to Him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and His wife has made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And He saith unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. Amen. There's going to be marriage supper in heaven. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know how it's going to be. People say, well, you know, I thought we were going to be like a spirit up there. I don't know, but it sounds like we're still eating, so it's okay with me. Praise God. How it happens, I'm just telling you. Marriage supper of the Lamb. Praise God. The bride has made herself ready. Are we ready? We want to be part because the bride is going up with the Lord. The bride is going to heaven with Jesus. 
this Gentile church, this body of Christ, it's, it's going as a collective unit. But we, what makes up that unit is individual people. Amen. So we got to get plugged in. We got to get part of that bride. Amen. Are you ready? Will you be ready when the trumpet of God sounds and the voice of the archangel angel shouts? Amen. A particular phrase. They're going to say, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Go out to meet him. Oh, thank God. Amen. I'm so glad it's not hidden anymore. I'm so glad that we know we can be a part of this bride. We can be a part of this glorious church. We can be a part of what Jesus has. Amen, amen, amen. Would you stand with me? What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast. And may God bless you.